the Practical Family Podcast with Jennifer Bryant, encouraging your family to build strong foundations and healthy homes. Hello, families, and welcome back to another episode of the Practical Family Podcast. This is your host, Jen Bryant, and you're listening to episode 59. Today, I'm interviewing Tiffany Jo Baker, a life coach, a dream coach, and three-time surrogate to five precious babies. Yes, we'll hear more about her story when we start our conversation. But first, I want to encourage you that if you feel stuck in life, maybe it's in decision-making, maybe it is infertility that you're struggling with, or maybe it's just the ability to reach your next goal. This will be a very encouraging podcast for you to hear today because Tiffany and I talk about those very personal struggles and how the waiting process refines us, how to take practical steps forward instead of getting stuck in that disappointment, and then finally, how to live with hopeful expectation regardless of the things out of our control. I don't know about you, but I know that I struggle constantly with things out of my control and it's a daily giving up and giving over those things to the God who is way bigger than I am, who knows all things and who asks me to come and rest and trust him. Let me introduce you to this wonderful woman. Tiffany Jo Baker is a three-time surrogate and speaker who helps women and couples to thrive while in the fight for their dreams. While she is an infertility coach, she is also a personal coach and helps women and families to figure out effective strategies to navigate this roller coaster of life. She's also a writer, a speaker, with certification and master's degree in professional counseling, and has been helping families since 2010. She and her husband, Brian, have been married for over 18 years, and together they work in marriage and family ministry at their home church in Texas. They have two wonderful daughters, Trinity and Selah, who are amazing young ladies, and two little fur babies at home, a puggle and a cuddly rabbit. You will so enjoy the spirit that Tiffany brings to these matters and to your soul and spirit as a Christian woman who is just trying to figure out her purpose in life. Listen in today on my conversation with Tiffany Joe Baker. Okay, well, Miss Tiffany Joe Baker, welcome to the Practical Family Podcast today. Glad to have you. Thank you so much, Jen. Such an honor. Now, I have to tell you that the first time that I saw what it is you do is actually through Kathy Lips' website because you are an intern for her mm-hmm. and you do many other wonderful things for her, I know, and I'm so glad to know you in this network of communicators. But once I actually clicked on your site and found out, oh my gosh, this woman has been a surrogate before. And not, not just once, you've done it how many times? Three times. Yes. Three times. Three times. Three separate families or? Three separate families and two sets of twins and one single. So it was, you know, five kids and three pregnancies. So the the families were just ecstatic. Wow. That's incredible because you've been able to carry babies for these families. That's in case we're unfamiliar with the word. That's what surrogacy is. Very sensitive subjects among uh, us as women, as mothers, as we consider our identity and the plans that God has for us in this life. I wanted to bring Tiffany on today to give a message of hope. Right now, Tiffany, I'd love for you to just 
tell us your story, a little bit about your ministry and how you decided to become a surrogate mother. Yes. Well, um, so back when I was having our children, easily got pregnant with our first daughter, Trinity. I was a preschool teacher at the time, went into work that day with some news to tell my other, you know, our other teachers and expected to share this news and everybody to react with joy and happiness. And I was able to share that we are pregnant with our second. And when I did, I caught the eyes of one of my friends and all at the same time, I saw joy and pain flash across her face. And right then God kind of put in my heart that he had given me a gift and that she was dealing with infertility, which I did not know that she had not shared that with us. And that's really where the, the idea was planted in my heart. The journey started from there. Mm-hmm. So really just to, I had the ability to do something. Why not? I mean, I know it's not, not just as simple as that. I'm sure. Yeah, but almost, <laughs> almost. <laughs> it kind of started with just the, you know, the thought of, I love to be pregnant. It was a gift and, um, you know, that I could do that, that I could carry for somebody else. And, um, and, you know, from there, it was a process of making sure we were done and good with our two and researching, you know, really making sure it was the right time for our family to take that leap and figuring out, I mean, I had never heard of a surrogate. I've never known one. So I really had to start from ground zero and really figure out what that would mean for our family. So I remember going to my husband and being like, oh, honey, I've got an idea. <laughs> and he's kind of used to me coming to him with ideas. So he's like, what? He's like, what would you think about me carrying babies for somebody else? He's like, well, really, what would that mean? So we just kind of went through the fact-finding process together. That was my next question. What was <laughs> husband's reaction to this? <laughs> because yeah. I, I tell you what, and our story and our situation is, is, is different, but I have had the same feeling because I had some, I had um, um, good pregnancies. Mm-hmm. Um, but the deliveries were questionable. I basically had to have emergency C-sections for both of my kids. And um, it was the prospect of that, like, kind of like, well, you could, you could carry it and have an okay time being pregnant and that would be fine. But there seemed to be extra risk factor involved. And that's what my husband wasn't on board with. Yeah. But I totally, I totally get your, your want and your need to help families with that. I would have too, honestly just didn't pan out for us, but I am so excited to hear that your story did work out. I love it. So it worked out. It, and you were able to help three families. Yeah, it did. You know, of course there was anytime you go to do something, you know, it doesn't always work out like you think it's going to, you know, there's ups and there's downs, but overall God was super faithful through the process and just connected us with the right families to do this journey with. And, uh, we're forever friends. Um, and, you know, I, I, I don't think that it's the end of our relationships. You know, we still keep in contact and do birthday parties. And one of the moms and I do a, a ministry together and she's in, she's in the process of writing her memoir. So um, it's just opened a whole nother aspect of ministry and of um, working with, with mom. So it's really exciting. That's just beautiful. I love it. And so you and your husband are involved in marriage and family ministry through your church in Texas. 
And I wanted to ask you, you've referred to yourself a lot as a dream carrier, and I love that. That's such a sweet way to talk about what you've been able to do for these families. But you also help to coach other people through different kinds of dreams. So it's not just the dream of being able to have children. What other kinds of dreams are you able to to minister to other families about? Yes. You know, it, it's interesting because through the surrogacy process, that's how I really figured out that's how God uses me is as a dream carrier and as being that coach, confident and cheerleader, you know, uh, a coach, somebody that you could go to and help strategize and come up with a, pl- a flexible plan because we all know plans don't always work out the way we want them to. Um, a confident, somebody confidant, somebody that, you know, people can go to and confide in through the ups and the downs, through the hard times when you're going through that promise that God's giving you, when you're going for the dream or, or working towards the prayer. And then the cheerleader, just having somebody in your corner that supports you and encourages you, is, gives you accountability along the way. So, um, you know, we've worked with and I've worked with couples, entrepreneurs, Christian communicators, those who have book launches, podcasts. So you name it, the principles are very similar. Anytime you're going for a dream or going for something, taking a leap of faith, trying to get from one place to the next, you know, the next level. So I've just been so blessed to be able to partner with people who want more and who are ready to take that leap. That's great that you have identified your strengths in your own person as God has led you down the road in this ministry to be able to then apply those strengths to help other people. I found myself in a similar position this year, but honestly, I was kind of like hesitant to put myself out there like, hey, I will be the one to help you get through this. And it's like, well, how can I say that when I can't figure out my own stuff? But but is it not really so much about that as it is about? Yeah, you know, it's always easier to see things in other people. It's always easier. I don't know why, but it's always easier to help someone else than to help yourself and to pull out the goodness and the God parts in other people and to see those things and to look at the big picture and not get stuck with the details. And so when you're able to come in unbiased into somebody else's life and situation, you can kind of more easily weed out the distractions, the the detours, and really see what matters most with a clear perspective and come up with a strategy and a flexible plan and help them through the relationship parts of it. Um, I call the three parts soul care, self-care, and dream care. So those are the three things that we really focus on through the journey and making sure they're full um, of faith and doing what they are purposed to do. They're taking care of themselves and their relationships in the process. And then they're also focusing on what matters most in through the dream and through going through the steps and knowing what their season is and taking those steps um, one by one. I love that. I love that. See, because your ministry is not just to mothers who want to have babies and offering your services as a surrogate. It's really helping people to birth their Mm -hmm. dreams. Yes. That covering that is, um, is such a creative way to look at it and to use your gifts, but also to use your story Mm -hmm. and your willingness and your own steps of obedience. I, I love that from the perspective of Women who are trying to find not just their purpose, because, you know, we have our, our, our homes, our families, our kids, and not to say that mothers, are, you know, feel unfulfilled all across the board. It's not so much that, I would say, 
but more of a, well, what, what else can I step into that would continue to bless the people around me? And I see how you've done that. Yes, I think I think as working with women, we realize and being a woman that there's so many aspects to us. There's so many things that that give us energy and life and motivation, you know, um, so many aspects to our life. So as a coach, we we try to dissect in and do a life wheel. And what are the main areas of your life? And how are you how would you rank all of those areas? And then that really, I think, helps you to see. Um, where you want to grow in, where you want to take some strategic steps in and other places that actually help you see the, how great you're doing too. I think sometimes we don't as women give ourselves the pat on the back that we need to of, I am rocking it in some areas. You know, I am rocking it as a wife or as a homemaker or as a cook or um, as a friend, um, as a, a child of God, wherever it is. I think being able to really look at our life from a logical perspective and see those spots where we're doing well, those areas that we want to pour more time and energy in and realize that we're a whole person. I was thinking about it today. Like if you are working in one part of your life, like if you're working really logically, like you're working with your head a lot, it's such a relief sometimes to use our creative parts of us, right? So we need those aspects. Or if you're working with your heart all the time and pouring it out and, and filling people up or counseling or whatever, sometimes it's nice to just work with your hands. So it's like those three parts of us, our head, our heart, and our hands. Like we are whole people and we need to make sure that we're staying balanced and we're using all those aspects of us. Cause I think that's where sometimes um, discontentment can come in. Um, mediocrity can come in, boredom can come in. And even those places where like, what am I doing with my life can come in because we're not taking place care of all the parts of us and, and filling those needs along the way. Mm, I love that. I love, and that is so true. When you are using one aspect of yourself, it, it needs a break. Like your brain can only handle so much at, at one time. But we know this as mothers who tend to multitask because we have to, we have to take care of our home you know, or, or those of us who have chosen, okay, my main role is in the home. It, that doesn't, we're not saying that that needs to be for every woman. Of course, there are work, working moms and things like that. And I was a working mom. So I remember that season and the season that's before me now is, is very much, it can be mundane. And actually, um, in an episode before when we interviewed Courtney Reisick, um, who wrote Glory in the Ordinary, we talked about that in like not getting stuck in the mundane aspects of life and really loving where God has us mm -hmm. right now, but that doesn't mean that's the only place we need mm -hmm. to be. And I love how you're touching on that, that, that women, that that fulfillment for a woman comes in different, when she's using her self in different ways. So yes, yes to the creativity <laughs> when things tend to get a little, you know, repetitive. I love it. Um, so I wanted to go into what, it, with your experience, again, in marriage and family ministry, what areas have you seen mothers struggle the most? Like if we're not talking specifically about infertility, right. because you have very specific, you know, coaching in that area, but what areas do you see mothers struggling with the most that they just need to like kind of break out of and get a new perspective on? Yeah, I think, I think it's similar to what we've been talking about. I think it's that, that place of being content, but not satisfied and wanting something a little bit different or a little bit more and figuring out that 
every season is just a season, right? Sometimes we can, our kids are in diapers and they're like, oh my goodness, if I have to change another diaper. But when you really logically think about it, the diaper season is short-lived and then you get to go to another season. And so I think, I think it's kind of the, um, how do I be content, but not satisfied? How do I stay grateful for where, where I'm at and what I have while still pursuing more and the more that God might have for us, the more that the more parts, the other parts of me that bring me some energy and bring me some fulfillment in different ways. Um, because there's so many aspects to us, you know, so many roles that we play. There's so many things that we can do. And, um, so I think that's where as women, as humans, we sometimes can struggle with being content and not satisfied and feeling like beating ourselves up. Like I should be so thankful. I have these beautiful children. I should be so thankful. I have this job, but it, it turns mundane or it turns expected. It turns where ungrateful. And so I think that place of, of, of being content, but not satisfied is, is the place that a lot of women get stuck in. That's so true. It's so true. And I, I feel like we as women, because I know that I need this too, permission Mm. to have feelings, Mm. to be disappointed, Mm. um, that doesn't mean that I'm ungrateful. Right. Actually, my husband and I have been talking about this lately because we just found out that um, our home is being sold. Like we rent our home and our home is being sold. But I can see things coming down the road. We, we can both see our potential arguments coming down the road in, in terms of, okay, well, the new home or keeping this one, what is it going to look like? But just because we agree on this and then I have negative feelings about it later doesn't necessarily that I've changed my mind, but I just need the space mm. to be able to share my feelings mm-hmm. and the permission to be sad sometimes. Or I, you know, this day is really stressing me out. It doesn't mean that I want to go back on all of my commitments or, or stop homeschooling kids or stop being creative. Mm-hmm. It, 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 sometimes we just need those pockets. Yes. And what I hear you saying, Tiffany, is that in your service as a coach, that you're offering women that chance to talk those things out with someone. And that is so valuable. Mm -hmm. It's so valuable. You have written a beautiful blog post for Practical Family that is coming out shortly after this podcast is published just this week. And uh, you've entitled it, When Life Hands You a Mess, Make It a Mission. And one of the points that you address in here, I'm just going to address one of them because the other points are wonderful too, but you're going to have to wait till the blog post comes up. <laughs> Talk about how knowing your why helps people not to quit when they have big dreams. Yes. Well, I think the business world understands this concept, right? If you look at any major brand or company, they will have a mission, vision, and purpose. They will have that purpose, that why that they stand upon, that they continue to put in front of their employees' face and in front of the culture, because when the going gets tough, that's the thing that they can always go back on and stand on and give them the energy they need to keep going, give them the why, the purpose, the drive, the motivation to keep going ahead, even when times are tough, even when you're in the valley on your way to the mountaintop or you're on the plateau, whatever it is, that having, knowing what the big purpose, the big why is behind what you're doing, 
that's what can keep you going when times get tough. Um, I think about it and putting it in terms of infertility. You know, when I ask couples, what's your, like, why do you want to have a baby? You know, and sometimes flippantly they'll say, oh, they're, you know, I've always seen myself be a mom or they're so cute. I've got clothes already, or, you know, they just smell so good, you know, so we can sometimes have these, not that they're surface, but that's not going to keep you going right when when times get tough like you have to go deeper you have to really think about no really why do i want to be a mom why do we want to have a family what's the purpose of our family you know what's a mission statement of our family so i think it's important for any family couple individual to have their own mission statement their why like what is their purpose why you know for the bakers for us you know our mission statement is to love and serve god by loving and serving people and so when we have a decision to make we try to make that decision in line with that you know my personal mission statement is to dramatically change people's lives for the glory of god and so I, you know, surrogacy was is that dramatically changing people's lives for the glory of God. So I was able to say yes, that that goes with my mission. Um, and but I think we do that in in so many different ways. So I think that we have to have those whys, those statements, those purposes to keep us going, and to also help direct our decision making process. It helps us weed out some yeses and some nos because if it doesn't line up with what we're what our purpose is, what our why is then we're able to, um, you know, put those off and say, say no, which is very freeing. Absolutely. There is much freedom in being able to have a clear <laughs> filter through which yes. you filter your decisions. And exactly. I, I think that I've come at it in the past um, in a more people pleasing kind of way. Like if I do this, what will people say? What, we, what will people think versus mm-hmm. No, what's, what's God called me to do? But even in that, yes. what has God called me to do? That, that still is just so vague. Like, God, you're calling from the Lord. Like, nobody can really, you know, define that specifically until you're led to a specific place and, and you see it. But the, the coaching process, I know for me, even the therapeutic process has been wonderfully freeing because then you can see all the things that you don't need to do. And it's kind of like mm-hmm. decluttering your brain, decluttering your life in a way. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's a great way to look at it. Now, um, last, last question here. How can someone reconcile their desires with God's will in their lives? Because I can almost hear women thinking right now, well, who am I to say what my dreams are? Like, I, I have to submit to the will of the Lord. Right. And if you're a Christian woman, we honor and we fear God in a healthy way for that. So how do you maybe not separate it, but yeah, I hear I use the word here, reconcile. How do you make those things make sense in a way that's not selfish, that is not self-purporting or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think that that's something that we all have to go through a process and really figure out what our why is. And I think that helps to filter our decisions, filter our dreams, filter our desires. But I kind of go back to Psalms 24 and it's King David and he is talking to the music minister and he says, may he, may God give you the desires of your heart and make all your plans succeed. And I think if David that, you know, that he's referred to as the man after God's own heart, right? King David, if he says, may God give you the desires of your heart, 
I think that lines up with God's heart, right? That that's what God wants to do. I think when we're seeking after the Lord with a pure heart, just trying to do our best. Do we always do it right? No. Do we miss the mark? Yes. But when we are serving the Lord and loving him and doing our best, I think that our desires are his desires and his desires are our desires. And he uses people, right? He uses people to do his will. So if he's using us, he's using those promptings. He's using our desires to bring forth and to do what he wants done on the earth. And so he, it takes people who are willing to be obedient. It takes people who are willing to be led and it takes people who are willing to step out and figure it out. Now, does it always look like we think it's going to be? No. You know, we have these desires, we have these dreams and we go for it. But the beautiful part is, is that God uses it. And we can always look it back and be like, that's why this was a stepping stone for this. And this was a stepping stone for this. And at the end of the day, we can see God's faithfulness and how he used it as we seek him. And as we pray for the mind of Christ and continue to use those desires that I believe that God gives us. And as we walk those out. Absolutely. It's walking it out, isn't it? It is <laughs> the hard part. Right. And that's the hard part. The, this is what I want to remind um, the audience. So practical families, you're listening to this because you have probably a practical mindset. You want to figure out how to do this life thing in a more simple way. We don't, we're not about the fluff here. We're about what is necessary to do right now. Or maybe it is what systems can I put in place to make this work? Thinking in that mindset, knowing that there's not always a perfect system and that the, the hugest part of a, of a Christian's life is to have faith and knowing and trust that God is working out his will for our good, but mostly for his glory. So now when we see those things, like Tiffany just said, in perspective, and we're following God's will, we're hearing his voice just by knowing his word, knowing his character, knowing who he is. We don't need to be so afraid. I think that mm -hmm. fear tends to rule our life a lot. We don't need to be afraid that we're not doing it right. Or that mm -hmm. if I don't do it this way every time, then something's going to go wrong. I just had a conversation with a friend this week about, about quiet time. And, you know, we're both, you know, we've both been Christians for a while, but we both struggle with this idea of, okay, am I not giving enough time to the Lord? And therefore, is this why my plans are not succeeding? Or if my quiet time doesn't look like this, or if it doesn't settle here at the first thing in the morning, then, and then I'm not going to have time to actually like do what God wants me to do, like write or create or whatever. And it's like, it doesn't need to be one or the other, right? It, mm -hmm. It's like, mm -hmm. it's like, we don't need to, not to be cliche, but we don't need to put God in a box in that way, but actually step out like you were saying, Tiffany, take that step, be bold, take those risks because our desires matter. And when we know mm -hmm. that we're loved and held by God, he's going to walk with us. Yes. Yes. And we're so much more effective for the kingdom when we're fulfilled and our fulfillment and our purpose is connected with our desires, right? Our desires and our fulfillment and our purpose, they're all connected. So we're more effective when we're energized, we're more effective when we're fulfilled. And so, and that, that comes when all those things kind of match up. And so the hard part is when there's a disconnect and when something's not, you know, something's not matching up. But I think even from the practical 
standpoint, like you were, you were talking, you know, my husband and I have taken different leaps and including surrogate being a surrogate, but also, um, we dramatically downsized into a tiny home to just simplify our life about three and a half years ago. And so we're in a super small, I call it a Texas sized tiny home because Texas homes are, are bigger than California homes. But what that was, was a strategic step to position our family to simplify, hear God's voice, have more time with each other and with him to be able to remove the distractions. And we knew it was a strategic step to set us up for what, what was coming next. And so I think that that's part of the practical dream making and, and going for those steps. There's very, there's much practicality to it. There's much strategic planning and steps, but it's taking the steps. And, and making the steps. It's not always fluff. Some of it's fluff. You know, some of it is you just have to leap and dive. There's times to do that. But other times it's those strategic steps that you take that are very practical. That's putting yourself in a position to do what God's called you to do in the future or in the now. Mm, that's great, Tiffany. I, so many good things here. So I want to make sure to lead our audience to what you do, please go and visit tiffanyjoebaker.com. All of that information is going to be in our show notes, on our blog post. She's got her uh, her own blog post featured on Practical Family coming out this week. And then one other thing we want to mention too is to check out her Don't Quit Survival Kit because in there she talks about all of the soul care stuff that we're, that we're mentioning now. Can you give us a little more tidbit about that? Yes. So I was just thinking about what could, if I could give a gift, what would it be to help people go for it and to not quit? So I created this 17 page don't quit survival kit. So it, it handles those three sections I talked about soul care, self care, and dream care. And there's a bunch of printables and checklists in there to just help people on their path and all the good things. So you can get that on my website. Subscribers get instant access to that. So um, take advantage of it. I love it. We love a good checklist, don't we, families? Don't we? You're nodding. I see you nodding. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. It's been a pleasure, Tiffany. I appreciate your, your sharing your experience and then also connecting that with very real, applicable ways that we can grow in our own identity and purpose and calling. Thank you so much, Jen. It's just been such a pleasure to get to see you um, kind of in person and to talk with you more and with your, with your family. So I appreciate it. You've been listening to episode 59 of the Practical Family Podcast and my interview with Tiffany Jo Baker. Check out her website at tiffanyjoebaker.com. More information there in our show notes. Be sure to find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. And Tiffany's awesome resource, her 17-page Don't Quit Survival Kit, is available for you for free when you subscribe to her newsletter at tiffanyjoebaker.com. Discover what it means to care for your soul, yourself, and your dream while trusting your creator. Sometimes it's just as simple as taking the next step. And here at Practical Family, we want to help you do that too. How to take practical steps toward practical living while serving our great and awesome God. Thank you again for listening. This has been Jen Bryant with the Practical Family Podcast, where we are here to encourage you and your family to build strong foundations and healthy homes. <music>